your host today we have Gunny John's daughter she is here she plays for the Utah Royals she's from Iceland she I'm so excited to have her on the show and uh how about you say hi hi everyone thanks for having me um we're gonna go ahead and get get started just like we always do um Gunny what is thriving to you what does it mean to thrive um just being able to be yourself I think to me just if you're comfortable enough to be who you are and um, yeah, you are exactly the person you want to be and are happy about it. That's thriving to me. Awesome. So would you say that you're comfortable? That's, that's kind of the hallmark of, of thriving. No, I, well, I, <laughs> I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. No, that's okay. No, no. Well, to me, I think life starts out the comfort zone. I think you need to push yourself out of um, being always comfortable, but I think, being who you are and true to yourself, um, being yeah comfortable with yourself, not always just doing the comfortable thing, but just being secure with your own self and being okay with maybe not people always liking you or not doing the right thing, but that you're being yourself because I think with that comes a lot. Everything else follows. Um, yeah, you get to a point where you want to be in life if you just are yourself, I think. Uh, here's the heavy question for you, Gunny. Do you feel like you are there? Yes, 100%. I okay. am nothing but myself. It sometimes really catches me um, and hits me in the back. Um, but no, I am, you can ask any of my friends, they sometimes say I'm too honest and, and too much myself, but I wouldn't yeah. change it. And I've, I've made peace with that. that. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, and that immediately launches into so many questions I have for you, but off the bat, like, what did it take for you to get there? Like, you didn't just know that who you are, like, I'm Gunny, this is who I am. Like, it's, it's, I'm sure there's a journey. So tell us about the journey. Yeah, actually, well, when I was younger, when I look back, like, I was definitely not myself. I was one of those people, or like my teenage years, I would say. When I was sure. a kid, I probably was myself. Um, but no, I was one of those that just followed society and followed the norm and just wanted mm -hmm. to fit in. So I just went with everyone. Um, had great friends, but not all of them were playing soccer. So I just kind of did what they did. Um, just wanted to fit in, wanted people to like me. Um, and then actually my turning point was when I go to Pepperdine, to be honest, because I had just okay. lived in this small society in Iceland, um, had always the same friends that I love and adore. They're still my best friends today. And um, But no, then I got to be with myself from way more outside of my comfort zone, as we talked about. Um, yeah. And I was all by myself in, in a different country and you get to spend time with yourself. And that's kind of where I realized I wasn't actually the person who I wanted to be. And it, it took a while and it's not like just one day I woke up, I was like, whoa, I just gradually started realizing my values and my uh, morals and what kind of person I wanted to be. And from that day on or like that time on, I just, it's so natural to me to just be myself and I'm, I'm so happy with it. And I just That's look nice. back and I, even though I was happy, I was still miserable not being myself. I didn't know it then, but looking back how I am now, I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I was not happy. And yeah. And I think that changed my life. That's good. 
I love hearing that. That's something that I think that clarity of who you know you are is is something that's very powerful for like not just for soccer, but also just life, like how you carry yourself, how you show up. Like it is, it's really awesome. Follow-up question then, what's the opposite of thriving? You said that you kind of went through this experience where you look back like, oh, that was not, things were not going well. And now you feel like you are thriving. So what would be the opposite of thriving? What would you call that? Um, not going after your dreams and potential and goals. I think as yeah, if you just, are just being and just finishing every day just to get to the next day without, you know, trying to better yourself or grow as a person or whatever that is in sports or just in life in general. I think thriving is something you're in a state of flow and you're always getting better or growing as a person or yeah, um, you're pushing yourself to be better and yeah, you just kind of reach the potential that you are meant to live, whatever that is. And I think when people don't push themselves, they won't ever know their full full potential. So to me, thriving is just, yeah, pushing yourself to that potential. I like that. So I heard a few key words and it's kind of like, <laughs> um, again, not to put words in your mouth, just trying to pull out some, some good thoughts from you. Um, it sounds like people that are wandering or kind of aimless in what they're, try what they're trying to achieve and surviving, that's kind of the opposite of what thriving would be. Do yeah. you agree with that? I would think so. Um, I think everyone has their different way of thriving and what um, thriving is to them and what they're going after. But I just feel um, just going after whatever it is you want. Read a book one a day or, you know, go for a 20-minute walk or whatever it is mm -hmm. that you feel that you need to get better as a person or human do it and not be afraid of it. You know, it's a lot, we live a lot in fear in life and fear is definitely not bad because then you know there's something to lose. But if it stop, stops us from reaching where we can get to in life, I, yeah, it's not good. If, if fear holds you back, I always say that to my daughter. I have a four-year-old daughter and she's adorable. I actually love her. And she'll yeah. always say, I'm afraid. And that's okay. It just can't, can't stop you. Yeah. What do you need to do to feel like you're thriving? You mentioned that some people might need to go on walks or they might need to read books. Or they might need to do whatever feels best for them to kind of be their authentic self. What, what is that for you? Um, many different things, actually. Just that I know that when I wake up, I have some kind of purpose that day, whether mm -hmm. it is to be a better soccer player or a better human or a better friend or <clears throat> read a book or um, study or whatever that is for that day is that I felt like I've accomplished something and I've got go to bed the, the same day and just said I yeah I became a better person or I grew as a person and um, yeah sometimes I take actually a step back and I had a day where I felt like I went backwards but um, also I think part of that is not letting that get you down but then wake up the next day and just say well today's going to be better then um, yeah, and just always, I always say to myself, um, be the person, you know, you would want your siblings to be. Um, I have seven siblings, so it's very important to me yeah. to be a good role model. And I just, yeah, if I think to myself, is this something I would want my siblings to do? Um, and it's a good thing. So, yeah. I like that. That's a, I like when people have those solid questions that they can ask themselves, that guide, <laughs> guide their actions. Yeah. 
I think that's always very helpful just to be able to look, step back and look at, is this really what I would want my siblings to be doing? That's a good question right there. Yeah. Um, you've mentioned that tearing your ACL was really a kind of a fork in the road or life altering experience for you. In fact, you did it three times. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Oh no. So tell us a little bit about that and how thriving through that situation helped you or how those situations helped you learn how to thrive and become who you are. Uh, yeah. Well, the first two times I was pretty young. I was 17, around 17 to 19. Um, I missed three years of my career due to it, but I was young and I, I wasn't the smartest athlete. I just thought if I went to my physio appointment once a week and mm. um, yeah, that would be enough and didn't really think that anything else mattered. I was just doing what I was told and that was enough. Um, mm. but that isn't enough. Um, you have to do more. And going in, when it happened the third time, I was older and smarter. And I just knew that I couldn't change that I tore my ACL. Um, I did have a moment where I was like, why me for 20 minutes? And I cried and I was like, is my career over? And why me? It's the third time. And but I got over myself and all I knew is that I was going to control the things I can control. Um, I couldn't control them. ACL was torn, but I could control my attitude and work ethic toward getting back on the field. Um, doctors were like, nah, maybe you should call it a day. And I just knew that I would regret my whole life not trying. So I knew that I was always going to try and work my butt off to, um, to get back on the field. And if I would have failed, that would have been okay because at least I tried. Um, so I just went for it, and uh, here I am, seven years later, that. still playing. I love that so much. Um, and I'm assuming that your playing career, like when did you tear your ACL? Where were you that third time? The third time, I was. it was my first year playing abroad in Norway, so 2013. Okay. Yeah. And so what's that been like? Is that something that you do constant therapy for, or is it it's behind you and you don't even think about it anymore? Or is it kind of um, that you might do it a fourth time? Or No, if like? people have ever seen me play, they know I'm not afraid of doing anything to it again because I would say I'm pretty fearless on the field. Maybe sometimes stupid, um, to be honest. <laughs> but um, no, I still work. Yeah, I just know that if there's something I can control, it's my fitness and my strength. And I can use 30 minutes of a day to um, prevent injury, then I will do that because that's in my control. Um, I just do everything I can control. Like my fitness and my strength is something I can always control and I can always try to be fitter or stronger than the person next to me, but you can't always control injuries or having a bad soccer day, but these are things yeah. I can. So I love that. You've mentioned that multiple times. Tell me, <laughs> tell me where that grew from. Why, why did that, why is that a phrase that you've really clearly made kind of your theme where you control, what um, you can control? It's actually really random. Um, I, I read the serenity prayer, just someone posted on Instagram or Facebook or something many, many years ago. And I read it um, and I never read it before. And I was like, it was so simple. And I was just like, I get caught up or did back then so many insignificant things that I try to control and it brought just such negativity to my life that I just decided that it, whenever I get those thoughts or something, I 
can just ask myself, is this something I can control? And if not, I, I let it go. You know, it's just, it's uncontrollable. Then why waste my energy on it? Like we only have 24 hours a day. Why waste um, energy on things we can't control? Like I was getting mad if the weather was bad, it would ruin my day. And there goes one day just because the weather was bad, which I can't do anything about or anything like that. That was just one example. So it just, yeah, I read it and I literally was like, this is what I want to live by. I just, I've wasted too much energy trying to control things I can. And it's always negative because you're trying to change something that literally you cannot change. So of course you're going to get frustrated and mad. And so there's so much negative energy that comes with that. So yeah. yeah, that negativity that always comes from trying to fight against what is real, what is actually yeah. happening. Just It is what it is. Deal with it or move on. You have two or choices. Move yeah. Move on or try to change what you can change. And usually that's your attitude and your effort. Exactly. I yeah. love that so much. You mentioned a little bit about earlier, you mentioned about being a six, you had six smaller siblings, right? I have six or, younger, younger, one older. So we're, yeah, younger. so we're eight all together. Okay. And you mentioned a little bit about that, I, I don't know, pressure, the, the expectation of being a good role model was a big game changer for you. Is that, yeah. am, I, am I saying that right? I don't know if it's expectation or pressure or whatever it was, but it was big for you to have to be a role model for six other siblings. Yeah. Um, to me, I don't look at it as pressure. I just know that, um, I know that younger siblings look up to the older siblings. So I just no matter what, um, I'm all about being respectful and kind to your neighbors. So I want to put forth, um, I want my values. I think they're good enough. So I, I believe that if I can pass them on to my siblings, um, that would be great. They're actually 10 times better humans than I am and in everything. And I'm very proud of them. So I don't even think they need my help, but it's a good way to just know if you're doing the right thing or not. And pushes you to be better and make sure you're yeah respectful and kind to others and and treating people the right way I like that that's very good when it comes to thriving how did that role of being the older sibling help you thrive in your life help you know who you are and and develop those values or morals that you're talking about well having um younger siblings and so many of them it also comes to the point you have to be kind of independent pretty um quickly because you need to come and help your your parents yeah. or uh, be there for your siblings so pretty early on I was independent and it gives you this where you learn from your mistakes on your own you know you do mistakes you learn from them um, mm-hmm. you need to make decisions pretty early in life and then you also have to help your siblings who are younger so you grow up pretty quickly so I think you learn a lot about yourself going through that and and I love it. Like I wouldn't change that for the world. I, my siblings are my world and I would do anything for them. So I'm very lucky to have such a big family and such a loving family. And they've definitely molded me into the person I am today and helped me yeah, yeah be the person I am today. But to me, yeah, having so many siblings is, was a, a very good thing. Cause yeah, it helped me be independent be strong, be, I don't know. Yeah kind of brave because you had to be there for your siblings all the time yeah definitely um and you mentioned as well a little bit about your mom and your grandma being humongous role models for you in terms of people who thrive in their life 
tell me about them and the, and like what they did or what they do differently that helps you to see that as an example. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, my grandma, she was uh, the first person to get a uh, doctorate in math in Iceland. Um, so she did something that like wasn't believed back in the day. Um, she, you know, back then women were just supposed to have the kids and stuff, but she went, um, she did went after her dreams and goals and never looked back, but still was a great mom and grandma. And she still is just so strong and brave and doesn't let anything get her down. And yeah. I don't know, she just faces everything head on. It's just, yeah, it's amazing to watch her. And, and my mom definitely got that, those traits from her too. And so I have very strong women around me, which has helped me, yeah, dare to go after my dreams and goals. And they've always been so supportive. Actually, my whole family um, has been so supportive of what I'm doing. That's very cool. I love that. Trailblazers. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's cool. That's neat. Um, how many, just random question, curiosity, how many players from Iceland are playing in the States? I can't imagine um, many of you. I'm the only one at the moment, yeah. Oh, dang. In, oh, in the league, yeah. There was one last year, but um, she had a kid uh, two years ago, and it's just hard um, doing this yeah. with a kid. So she's back in Iceland. Very good. So all by yourself, do you feel like there's a humongous culture difference for you? And, of course, there is a huge culture difference in Iceland and the United States, but was it tough for you, especially while you played? Um, no, not too bad. I kind of adapt to where I'm at. Um, I guess I've learned that just because I moved around a lot when I was a kid. So I just adapt to the environment I'm around. Um, but it's definitely different. Um, um, football or soccer is the same everywhere. I like to call like it men- football myself. Okay, good, good. <laughs> football is pretty much the same thing, same everywhere, but the mentality and values are always different. So you kind of have to adapt to where you're at and just get on the same boat as all your teammates. Um, I think that's most, most important is just being on the same page and that's how you win. Um, if you get everyone on the same boat, because if you're rolling in different directions, you're not going to get anywhere. So wherever I am, I just, I try to do, um, uh, yeah, adapt to what the team is doing at that moment. Okay. I like that. And speaking of the team, you play for the Royals. And I've also seen that you play for the national team for Iceland. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming there's a huge difference in culture, language, everything top to bottom. What's that like jumping back and forth? Um, it's, yeah, I'm used to it. Um, Just deal with Iceland, it <laughs> um, it's a very different um, way of playing football. Iceland is all about mentality and hard work and defend. And we're such a small country. We we don't have, you know, a lot, but we do have what I've said, effort and, and attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we um, pride ourselves in. While coming here is more about um, the football side of it. Um, and you're also just playing for pride for your country. It's People get a, you can go a long way from that. Um, yeah. I actually have a big heart. So I actually play for the Royals, like I'm playing for my country, but um no, but other than that, it's still the same. I'm always going to bring the same person on the field, whether I'm playing for Iceland or Utah. I'm always going to be the same player. So to me, it, there is no difference for me personally. I'm 
give the same for the Utah Royals as I do for Iceland. And yeah. um, I just make more adapt to like the tech, tactical side of it but who you're going to get on the field is just always just going to be me um, I'm not going to change anything it. and if you yeah. don't like it then don't play yeah, okay. me <laughs> yeah like you uh so this whole podcast is built around kind of a I don't know if it's a tagline or a theme I don't even know what to call it yet but the phrase is to deliberately design a life where you can thrive in any situation with anybody in any environment what do you how do you do that like kind of talk to the talk to the people who might be listening and give yeah. them your maybe the, like a few steps or like maybe what you've done. How could someone go about better designing their life, deliberately designing their life to thrive? Um, yeah, I'm going to probably start sounding like a broken record, but um, to me, it's just repetition controlled. is good. Repetition <laughs> is really good. That Don't is worry true. About that. Yeah, it's just, yeah, um, use your energy on the things you can, can control. Um, don't be afraid of failure because failure is actually good. Um, and don't be afraid to be vulnerable either. Um, just be yourself, dare to go after your dreams. And if, if it fails, what's the worst that can happen? Just think of that. Um, if it's failure and you know, you can always get back from that. Um, you can always go after another goal or another dream. Um, I think it's just, yeah, believe in yourself always, every day. Sing, wake up and believe in yourself and what you want to go after, whatever that is, on the field, off the field, in life. It's just, yeah, chase your dreams. It's it's simple as that. It's, it isn't any, like, math or, or rocket science. It's just chase your dreams, go after what you want. Don't be afraid of failure, yeah, and control the things you can, like work ethic and attitude. I love it. I love it. Um, talk about why failure is so important. You mentioned it a few times, not just in that last few sentences, but that failure is part of the process. Why is that? What does failure do for us? Um, well, to me, I'm just going to talk from my my experiences. I okay. learn way more from failure than ever success. Mm -hmm. I get way more. I become a better person of my failures rather than my success. Um, when you succeed, you just keep doing the same thing. When you fail, you have to change something and it just shows strength. And yeah, you learn more when you fail. It's just simple as that. Now, I'm gonna be the little devil's advocate here. Not everybody learns when they fail. <laughs> what, what, what do you think the difference is? What's the main difference between the two, the, the person that learns and the person that doesn't? Just their, their um, attitude towards it. I think, you know, you, you look at failure and you see it as a bad thing and you're afraid people might judge you for it or, you know, what are people going to think or uh, anything like that. And you just walk away from the situation instead of just figuring out why you failed, what, what happened, mm -hmm. what, what can I do better? Or, you know, um, I think when you walk away from the failure with shame, that's when you're not doing it right. Like failure is not a shameful thing. It's definitely not. So I think that's the difference is just how you've, take the failure and your attitude towards it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, now think about, obviously, that you have an influence on your teammates. Uh, hopefully, some soccer players are listening to this as well, people who are hopefully in your same situation in a few years. Um, how can they influence and help their, their teammates and maybe even their coaches to thrive at, at a higher level? Um, 
to me, I think it's just, yeah, be yourself. Um, as I always say, that's just number one, two, and three. Cause I feel, um, people latch on to people who are confident with themselves. It's just, mm-hmm. it is. Definitely. And usually those people are the one who are best at leading. They don't even mean to lead, but they do. Cause they're actually the ones who are being themselves and everybody wants it. Not a lot of people dare to do it. Um, and I think just, yeah, getting everyone on the same page on the team, you know, you, you have a team, you need to find what your values are as a team and you mm-hmm. hold everyone accountable to those values every single day. And that's, I think, what team stands for is just getting people on the same page of the values because no matter if you have a bad day on the field, you still can walk away and say, I, I did what um, I was supposed to value-wise. It's something you can control. Right. So, yeah, it's just get those values straight and get everyone on the same page. And to me, values is very important, and I think it's one of the keys to success. And for me, if I was a coach and somebody wasn't getting on the values, Paige, I would just say, okay, you can leave. Thanks, Simple as that. Thanks. Yeah, you just, uh, if you're not so going to jump on. I have two follow-up questions. One okay. is about accountability. And so don't let me forget that. But the second okay. one is, give, give the, the listeners an idea of what are the values that you're talking about? Like maybe with your specific teams that you're on now, what are the values of the team collectively? Or maybe just your personal values that are so important to you. Um, yeah. Go for it. I think everyone who has listened so far knows my values is work ethic and attitude, um, the controllables, um, which are definitely something I would put in values for my own team. But yeah, holding each other accountable, demand the best from everyone every single day. Um, Just um, togetherness and collectivity. Um, And yeah, Mm -hmm. just hard work. Um, Just... It wouldn't have anything to do with soccer in general because yeah. those things can be a um, day-to-day thing, you know, depends on who you play or if you have an off day or bad day. But my values would be more about just be kind and respectful, all those things where it just creates a great team environment and also treat everyone um, the same, um, whether you're starting on the bench, um, up in the stands or injured, um, everyone should be at the same level. All right. I like that. The follow-up yeah. question. And this is what I struggle with. So I hope you don't make it sound too simple. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I love the clarity with which you are, like all of your ideas, even though they sound the same. And like, <laughs> I love it because you're singing my songs of like everything I do with my athletes in their mental training is you have to focus on what you can control. You have to focus on effort and attitude and see failure the right, the right way because it really is building blocks if you use it. Anyway, yeah. I'm geeking out over here. I love it. It's a great <laughs> conversation. When it comes to keeping other people accountable, how do you do that? How do you hold a teammate accountable if they're falling short or they're just not, they're not holding the same values? They're not, I guess, keeping their commitments with the team, how do you hold them accountable if they just don't want to do it? It's actually very hard also because what I see as hard work or attitude might not be the same way someone else does. Yeah. So my accountability would maybe be different from um, the person next to me. So it's hard to find a way. And then some people like to be yelled at. Some people like to be talked to on the side. Mm-hmm. So it's actually very hard with the accountability thing because – also just we're all so competitive um 
and a lot of people think you know you're getting attacked or saying something like that so honestly it's it's person to person the accountability thing and when you're on a team you can kind of figure it out on the way um, what people like what kind of person she is um but i i think to be honest it comes from the top first for so from the coaches um it's easier if once they point out someone is not being held accountable or doing their job is easier for us as players to then talk to the player um because um, once you start holding people accountable and they're not they don't agree with you there comes a little like rift in in, uh, in the teammates so if, i actually think it comes from the leadership first above you and then as teams you can you can um, get underneath that and yeah um, i think just when you think also of accountability you um, just think to yourself is you know am i doing the same as they are so because I think you cannot hold anyone accountable until you can hold yourself accountable and demand uh, what that. you, yeah, demand that you know you're doing everything you can. I think you cannot go and demand from other people if you haven't done your job. So I think it's, you have to look within first and ask yourself, did I, have I been doing the work and have I had the right attitude? And if the answer is yes, then you can start holding other people accountable because it starts within, it starts with you um, and you're the example everyone on the team is the example. Um, but as athletes, I think we also struggle with that. It's taking responsibility of our own actions. It's easy yeah. to point the finger. So it's way it's too hard. easy to point it. It, <laughs> it, it is. It is. So, so to, to kind of summarize for the listeners, the first is to take accountability for yourself, right? Immediately yeah. you have to, and then the second, just two points here, and then you can start helping other people be accountable but it's very individualized. You have to know what that person is going to react to and maybe just talking to them helps or how do you know what someone else is going to respond to? Yeah, well, it's trial and error, I would say. Um, I've yelled at players and I'm like, ooh, they do not like to be yelled at. So then I just go after training and speak to them. I'm like, sorry, I didn't mean to yell at you there. Like, it's just what, and then they usually just say like, yeah, I don't really like being yelled at. Just like, if you just could come to me after training and talk about it. And some people are like, I come and talk, they're like, oh, just yell at me on the field, you know? And so it's, it's different. And the more you play with them, the more you get to know them, but it's definitely just communication. One, two, and three communication and it's there to communicate. We usually tend to maybe like whisper and stuff like that. And I think you just be honest and communicate and you'll figure it out. I like that. I like that. Figured out through communication. Um, so I have just, we're coming up on time here, I think. I don't know. I, I should definitely keep a running time around these. But um, when it comes to it, uh, there's just a few more questions. Um, thriving takes a lot of work, a lot of hard work, a lot of good attitude. Um, help everybody understand for you personally like, where did you put that work into? Was it specifically on yourself? Was it in the game of soccer or football or whatever you want to call it? Uh, is it specifically in terms of leadership? Like, where did you have to put your, your work so that you can understand better who you are and how to thrive and what that looks like for you? Does that question make uh, sense? Kind of. I'll try. I'll, I'll make something up. Uh, <laughs> um, sure. No, but um, to me... Being a professional athlete, it's actually a hard job because it's 24-7. You don't get a break. If yeah. you take a day off, it could mean you're injured or you're not fit enough to play. Um, so it is, it's hard because you have to be on 24-7. But to me, it's just being consistent and 
doing everything I need to do to be the best football player I can be. So that means sleep, eat, train, um, recover, rest, all these things. It's everything. Um, and I, everything is just as important. It's not just showing up for those two hours for training. Um, it's so much more, so much bigger than that. And I know um, now how important it is to take care of your body. Um, and if you want to succeed, you need to do that 24-7. It's not just a two-hour job a day. So, yeah, it's just putting the work in, putting the work in, knowing how everything you do is significant to being the best player you can be. I love it. Um, I want to dive in a little bit into how competitive you are. How, how did you develop that competitiveness? Or, or is it developed? Or is it just born? It's given? I don't, like, tell me your thoughts on competitiveness. Because that's something I think, I yeah. I think all Icelandic people are born competitive. I don't know where I got it from. Honestly, okay. I, I think it's born in my family because one day I, um, my little sister, when she was about four, she was a very good swimmer, but we wanted her to give her lessons so she could like learn just the proper strokes. So I went with her to the swimming class and she was with older kids because she was just that good. So she was put with like seven-year-olds and she was four and very small. So all the kids were swimming way faster than her. And one time um, I'm looking over and I see her push a kid underneath the water because she was so mad that he was swimming faster than her. And now I thought, I was like, whose kid is that? And then I thought to myself, it's definitely born because she was four and she was not letting this seven-year-old boy pass her in the, in the pool. She would rather drown him, you know? So I was like, <laughs> I think it's just something born in my family. Um, but no, I'm probably the most competitive in my family and nobody wants to play board games with me or anything. Oh, um, okay. But I think it's so important. I think competitiveness is the reason why I got this far. It's because I didn't give up. I was stubborn and competitive and just wanted to be the best I could. Um, so it's definitely the one of the biggest reasons why I'm here. And I can't speak for others and I don't actually know how you get competitive because to me I just always have been I have an older brother and he would always want to do like sprinting tests and who was faster and who was stronger and I lost every time but didn't stop me every time I believed I was going to be beat him or be stronger or be faster um, and so yeah it's just I've always been that way all right not super helpful, but really cool story. I like that. I know. I'm sorry. I can't help on the competitiveness because no, I was definitely okay. born with it. It's something that I, I hear people, some people say you can develop it. Some people say you're born with it. I'm just curious to hear what you think because that's a, that's a fun, fun thing to talk about. Are you the most competitive person on your team? Oh, I can't say that. We're probably all just as competitive. It's, it's a proper answer right there. Yeah, I... I can't say. I'm probably one of the most, yes, but uh, we are all. That's why we're here. That's why we made yeah. it so far. You don't make it to that level without being super competitive. No, you can't just be a, a passenger. You have, like, it's, it's something that comes with being a professional athlete is the competitiveness. Because um, yeah. you're competing about so, especially here in the States, you're competing against so many to make it just to the, the league here. So it's, it's shown once you made it this far that you are competitive, there's yes, no doubt. For sure. Now, as a last, I think I know exactly what you're gonna say, but <laughs> in terms of a last message for anybody listening and what, it, what they need to do to develop, to do, 
deliberately design a life where they can thrive. What's your message to them? Maybe speak to the little girls that, that you would want your, yourself to hear a message earlier in your life or, or to some of the teams that you've maybe coached or been with. What's a message that you think that more athletes and more people need to hear? Um, yeah, just work your butt off. Um, have a positive energy and attitude towards everything. Um, it really helps. It, it gives you so much for the attitude that you have. It actually can get you so far. Um, control the things you can and let go. Literally let go of the things you cannot. Um, things will be okay. And then let yourself be vulnerable, dare to fail, um, and take those failures as lessons, not as something people judge you from. And don't, don't get too caught up in what other people think. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Gunny, so much for being on the podcast. I love, love the message. I totally agree. It's an extremely important message that everybody needs to hear. If more people hear that, more people buy into it, subscribe to that belief system, I think we have a much tougher and better society that we just we function at higher levels, and I think that would be beautiful. Yeah. Thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, ThriveCast, for listening, and I'll see you all on the next episode.